50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the Lord, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Always come expecting God to show you something, do something in your life, change your situation, because he's a good God. He's on our side. And uh, many times we all go through situations, but when things are really tough and I don't seem to have an answer, I tell myself, I speak in tongues. Hello. (laughs) I speak in tongues. And the the tongues that I speak in, they're not coming from me. That's the clear sign that there is a God. And God is. And if God is, and Jesus is risen from the dead, and he's seated at the Father's right hand, uh, he'll take care of me. As long as I know Jesus is alive, and I'm on his side, he's on my side, something is going to happen, God will not forget me, he'll take care of me. That's all I need to know. Jesus is alive. But also remember that he said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I can have symptoms. I just don't pay attention because there is a God. That's just the way I believe. There is a God. He'll take care of me. I do everything that I can do on my part. But after that, he'll take care of me. I'm very confident of that. Amen. So I want you to do that. But tonight, we're going to be talking about putting childishness, childishness away. Putting childishness away. We need to do that. Putting childishness away. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. How many know what that chapter is about? Oh, wonderful. You're so smart. <laughs> it's the love chapter. It's the love chapter. But when you get to verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I wonder today whether in the mind of God, when he listens to you speak, he hears a child. Your understanding is still childish. And your thoughts you don't fully understand. Let me let you know this, that there is a natural child and a spiritual child. There is a natural adult and a spiritual adult. A natural child can be a spiritual adult. And a spiritual adult can be a natural child. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how wrong you have been a Christian. We can listen to the words that you speak. 
and be able to identify you're still a child. You can be a grown man and be a spiritual child. And you need to know that God expects you to grow up to be a spiritual adult. He needs that. Because if you remain a spiritual child, you hinder the works of God in your life. God cannot do much with you. And yet he wants to do much through you and with you. So your thought patterns, are they childish? Are they according to the scriptures? The things that you think about concerning God. And sometimes people who are spiritual children, but natural, they have a lot of worldly wisdom, they're trying to force you into that mode. To think like a child spiritually. When you're constantly thinking sickness, as a child of God, your understanding is childish. When you speak sickness constantly, even though the scripture is, you know, specifically said, by his stripes we were healed, that means you don't understand what the scripture says. You're still a child. You need to learn and grow so that you speak what God speaks about. You see, childishness hinders the work of God in your life. Did you know that in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the tribe of Levi, the Levites, and the house of Aaron, they were supposed to be priests to minister to God in holy things. But in Numbers chapter 4, beginning from verse 3, unless you are 30 years old, you can never do that. You are born into the, the house of the priesthood, but you are not permitted to even do anything in God's house until you are an adult, until you get to be 30 years old. Joseph never stood before Pharaoh, even though God had a lot of plans for his life, but he never stood before Pharaoh until he was 30 years old. Check it. David was anointed by Samuel to be the king. Everybody knew about it in the land. Based on what God was doing. He had killed Goliath and all of that. But God never permitted him to rule until he was 30 years old. That's Old Testament, physically. But what we see in the flesh in the Old Testament is a shadow of what God wants spiritually. And if you don't grow spiritually, God cannot give you responsibilities. And where there are responsibilities in his household, he cannot deliver them to you. He can trust you. You're still a child. You mess things up for him. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child. So God's telling you something about 
being a child. That's not, he allows it. He wants you to be a child. He wants, to, he wants you to be born again. But you can't stay there. He'll help you. He'll give you everything you need to grow up. But he's really looking for you to grow up so he can use you. Now, he says, now I say, I'm telling you this, that the heir, that's the one that has all the power, is the heir to the throne. But he's telling us as Christians, it's not like we are going to become earthly kings. He's making a point to us as believers. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, a servant in the house. He's supposed to be ruling. He has the ability to be so powerful. But if he's still a child, he is, doesn't, he's all just like a servant in the house. Though he is master of all. That's what the scripture is saying. He's master of all, but he's still a child. <laughs> Satan should see us walking, uh, going, coming towards him and say, here, here comes trouble. But if you are a child, he knows you can't take him on. You're still a baby. That's why God wants us to grow up. And that's why the scripture here is telling us that. The child doesn't differ from a slave. We can't tell the difference. I mean, this heir is, is just like a servant in the house. Even though he's an heir. He says, though he is the master of all, uh, master of all, but is uh, under guardians, he, he, he still needs to be protected. He still needs to be instructed. He, he has all the power, but he don't know how to use this power. He don't understand any of that stuff. He still needs his bottle. That's all he cries about, his bottle. Guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. So, time appointed by the Father in the Old Testament, you got to be 30 years old. In the New Testament, spiritually, he has to determine that. And you can be a child. I've seen children, they just just soak that thing up. And when you listen to them, you're listening to an adult. They have more understanding spiritually than people who have been in the faith for 30 years. To me, I think, you see, God actually... He knows everything that's been made available to you to grow up. He knows about it. He knows whether you are taking advantage of it or you're not. Some people will remain children. They're just satisfied. They never push. They just stay there. And God has so much he wants to do through them. He just cannot do it. That's not a place I want to be. But the time I got saved, I needed to sit down. And I think when God spoke to me, we left the, uh, the uh, worship center. Uh, uh, what, it, what God was saying to me, you are a grown man. You sit there. Your pastor is teaching you. You should be outside doing the same thing. Why are you still here? That, that was clear to me. I wanted to be there. Naturally, I loved our church. We just built this uh, auditorium of 2,000 seats. I was part of it. I was a board member there. We sat and talked about how it was going to be built. We got this thing built and God's telling me to leave. Not to even enjoy part of it. And I, I think one of our problems, Angel and I, we were not going anywhere. 
<laughs> we were board members. Well, at a stage, I told pastor, I can never attend board meetings. I'm always traveling, ministering around the world. I, I want out of this board member stuff. You got a lot of good guys in church. They are good, solid Christians. Uh, replace me. He said, no, absolutely not. As long as you're here, you're going to be a board member. That's the way we connect to your ministry. I was not very happy because I came, sometimes I get back in church after I've been gone for about a month or a month and a half, and I'm walking, and this new guy who's been in the church, he says, welcome to our church. I said, I was here before you got here. <laughs> but I was be, I'd been in Africa for a month and a half, and I think God was beginning to tell I got really irritated by that. Who are you? I'm a board member here, you know. <laughs> And the more I heard those from those guys, the more I felt like I've got to prove that I'm a part of this place. We built this stuff, you know. But God was saying, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to go have your own family of the people of God to do work together. But he has an appointed time for every one of us. Did you know that Jesus said in John chapter 9, he said, they were asking about the, the man who was born blind. He says, no, this man didn't sin. The parents didn't sin. But this was done for the glory of God. He says, he says I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night comes when no one can work. The night comes when no one can walk. As long as I'm in this world, I am the light of the world. Well, he was basically saying the time is really short. And then I'm thinking, the time is short. He was here for 30, about 33 years. For the first 30 years, he did nothing. Right? He was being a carpenter. Why? He was specifically born into our world to be the savior of the world. And for 30 years, he, did, he stayed as a carpenter. Until that time, the same that God gave to them in the Old Testament, he was under the law. He's got to be 30 before he could go out. He had to be 30. You can read it in Numbers chapter 4, verse 3. He had to be 30 years old. So once that time came, he was an adult. And God says, it was time. Jesus was very clear. My time has not come. Know that scripture? It's not yet time. Mama, it's not time. You're first in my hand. I must stay according to the word of God. Why is that important? That says, unless you become an adult spiritually, God cannot do much with you. And if you don't eat and strive to become an adult, God will uh, just let you be. That's what's happening in the church. And so we're wondering who is going to take over from us today. If we, the, those of us, or people who are up in leadership, if they disappear, what's going to happen? Nobody's really struggling. They're just satisfied in, in, in doing nothing much to get to the place where you are a leader. In the house of God. You don't have to be a pastor, but be a leader in God's house. 
and take this work upon yourself because you have, as the Father sent Jesus, He sent you as well. Would you go? He just took him three years to grow spiritual children. They were already adults. Three years to grow those 12 of them. And they were ready to take the world. Just 12 people. They were ready to take the world. They were dedicated. Nothing else mattered. What, is, what her trouble is, everything else matters. The kingdom doesn't really matter. We are trying to make it in life. And so we remain children. And God cannot really walk with us. Many times we don't even understand a lot of things. Spiritual things. We just don't really get it. And because we are not willing to eat and make the effort. And God knows. He understands. But for every one of us, a time has been set. Spiritually, in the Old Testament, it was 30 years. But for those disciples, it was just three years. They, got 30, they became 30 years old spiritually. In three years. And they were ready to go. How long will it take God to grow you up? That's the issue here. I like speaking to those of us that are here on Wednesday night because God's telling us, you got to take over. You're an adult. Take over the house of God. Let's walk. Let's fill this place with, with God's children and teach them and walk with them. God's expecting us to do these things for him. Did you know that John the Baptist was baptized also in his mother's, from his mother's womb? was baptized with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. You know, John the Baptist was just six months older than Jesus. Six months. That's the difference in age. But if you read in the scriptures, even though everybody knew there was something special about John, the Bible doesn't tell us that he was 30 years when he began his ministry. But listen to what it says. About John the Baptist, Luke 1 verse 80. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. So there was a day. And I believe he has to comply with the same thing with Jesus. All of a sudden it was. I don't know if it was six months. He was doing all of these things. Jesus, everybody was talking about this new guy. Came from the desert. Uh, he's uh, uh, chewing on locusts. <laughs> and you can see some of the legs of the locusts coming out of his mouth. And he looks at you and says, repent. <laughs> you know, this is the time to repent. Huh? <laughs> Gross for the American, right? <laughs> Eating bugs, huh? But they knew something was special about him. And for those, probably about six months, everybody was talking about him, you know, all over the place. Strong in the spirit. And Jesus came to be baptized. So there was, there's always a time for your manifestation. He didn't just go out just because he was baptized with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. There was a set time because both John and Jesus lived under the Old Testament. But we don't live under the Old Testament. You can grow up as fast as you want to go and be out doing God's work for 
in the kingdom. That's what is important for us. There are things that we see, you know, symptoms of childishness. Uh, since, since we become pastors, I've seen a lot. Hello. Some of it is baffling. Some of it is baffling. Let me share some of the few things that I, I was able to come up. I was looking for perfect number seven because pastors always look for seven in my kingdom. I got more than seven this time. I was very proud of myself. One, a child, I want it and I want it now. If you don't give it to me, it's gonna, nobody's going to rest in this house. I want it now. It's like a fast food mentality. Some of us even in our prayer. But let patience have a perfect way. A child is not one of you, you give it to me now. Or they'll scream until everybody goes crazy in the home. They, a child needs to be told what to do. It's frightening, you know. My children are grown now, but even at home, sometimes I'm yelling at them. Oh, yes. I yell and I get upset. Can't you see that stuff? You, you walked in and there is a boat sitting there and you just won't buy it. Who do you expect to get it out? But they see it for some reason. They walk like it's not there. And I'm wondering, what's the matter with this? So, so sometimes I, so daddy has to do it, right? And they're looking at me like. And I think, you think they learned the lesson. The next day we are still going back to the same thing. Didn't you see the bug? I mean, how often do I have to tell you this? You have to tell them to do it. Go and study now. You got your homework to do. What do you have to t- You don't have to tell an adult that. They know to do it. But the child, you have to remind them. It's a clear sign. They're just being children. I still don't mind. I still yell at them. They have to be told what to do. It doesn't take much to upset them. Doesn't take much. A very little thing. And then you see that in church. Somebody's upset because the flowers don't, the flowers has some kind of an eye in there. It seems to be looking at me. I don't like it. <laughs> and before long, they're telling you, if you don't change that, I'm about to leave the church. <laughs> What's the matter? The doors are open. <laughs> Just because of, uh, I mean, we're laughing, but this is this happened in our church. In those days, we had people that had, uh, uh, is it uh, peacock? Yeah, the, the peacock, you know, part of the peacock tail, the, the feather, has uh, some kind of, it, look, and it, says, it looks like an eye is looking at me. I don't like that. Take it off. Wow. I didn't put that there. Go find the lady who did it. <laughs> if you don't take it off, I'm going to... It's a clear sign. They've used a lot of scriptures, but 
just that alone is clear sign to me, you're still a child. Why should that matter to you? He's not there for you. We are attracting people to Christ. It's not what you prefer. That's the childishness in it. It's not what you prefer. It's what's good for the people of God. It's beautiful. People love it. They took time to do it. You were not there when they were doing it. Now they've finished spending time. Now you want to change it. And you want them to come back and change it because you don't like it. That's a child. And that's what you see in the church. It's frightening. Don't take too much to to upset them. Number four, they worry about what other kids think. Yes, kids do. They worry about, I mean, seriously, seriously, it bothers them. What the kids think. You can have, you know, this is where we want you to dress. Wow, but other kids are dressing this way. What's wrong with that, mama? You know why they're arguing? Because they want their kids to think they're cool. <laughs> As the words I words I hear, cool. So they'll fight with you just to be, they want the kids to think well about them. And that's happening in church. People are so concerned about what other people think. And I've said it here, that's the greatest hindrance for spiritual growth. Because people, they like you today, tomorrow they, they think there's no, you're no good. You have, to, you have to realize that you can't please everybody. Everyone is not going to like you. It's just that's the way it is. I have come to accept that everyone is not going to like you. They come to the church. Today is the greatest church they have been in. Three weeks later, that's the worst church they've been in. And they're ready to leave. That's fine. That's, what can you do? As they are leaving, telling you this is the worst church, another new person is coming. Oh, this is a wonderful place. And you're so confused. Which is it? Is it a good place or a bad place? Who do I believe now? But if you know that God called you to do the work, stay focused on what he called you to do. It doesn't matter what they think. Good or bad. The good I accept. The bad I throw away. It's like that. That's the way it's got to be. It's childish to be concerned about what people are thinking all the time. So you're sitting there. I've had this happen. We like prophecies here. Somebody gives a word in tongues. And um, God gives the, uh, some individual, they claim later, usually later, oh, somebody gives the interpretation, and this guy came, he comes and says, well, uh, it's the same word that he spoke that was given to me. And I go, why didn't you speak it? Well, I wasn't. No, you were concerned about whether everybody would accept what you had to say. That's just the truth. You're still worried about people. And as long as you're still concerned about people, God knows you are a child, he cannot use you. Some will agree with you, some will disagree with you. But until you step out of the boat, you won't walk on water. If you go in this to see if you hold your weight, you're not coming out of the boat. You're staying there. You got to just step out and don't worry about what the other disciples are thinking. 
What are you doing, Peter? You, what do you think? Who do you think you are? That's Jesus. Let him walk on water. We are. You stay here with us. He wasn't concerned. He stepped out. We concern ourselves too much about what people think. And so people do things that just trying to impress people. And it's not from the heart. And, and God's not there. And if you continue to do that, it becomes really loathsome to God because he can't really walk with you. It does being a child. Kids also waste time. It's hard to get them, especially when there's nothing to do. The whole day they are up there doing whatever they're doing. And I can't, they don't even care to come and say hello to daddy. Okay. <laughs> they waste a lot of time. That's what it is. But they make mountains out of... Oh, yeah. You know, when I'm in, uh, I've, I've learned this, and if you go with me to uh, Nigeria to preach, uh, I, I will have to instruct you about this. You know what they do to me when I'm out there preaching? They, they come to me with their problem. And, and they are talking about it. Oh, it started so time, and, and, and this witch doctor said this, and, 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 and they were just, she's so intricate and in their mind, they're making it so, so huge. I told those individuals with me, when they are saying all of those things, just have a little smile on your face. like, And then once they get through, say, no big deal. <laughs> Jesus is going to take care of it. They're trying to size me up to see if I will be afraid of what they're telling me. So they make this huge mountain and they tell you all the stories and, and I'm saying, okay, tell me what the real problem is. Instead of what the witch doctor said and what this person did, how long it's been, how he punishes you at night, you can't sleep at night. Oh, it comes and then sometimes it moves over this way. And I'm looking at them, finish your story and let's do the real business. And when they're through, I said, well, God's going to heal you right now. And they go, really? I said, yeah. You're ready to receive your healing? And I'm smiling. And then their faith, you know, goes up. But that's still a child. It makes a big deal out of it. And you still see that among Christians. They have issues, problems, and they're talking so much about it. <laughs> they're talking about what the devil has been doing to them. Have you heard that before? The devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. One woman was the devil, did this, the devil, did that, the devil, the devil, the devil. Uh, glory to his name, the devil, the devil. And you're wondering, glory to whose name? All you've been talking about is the devil. The people do that, and they are talking about just sickness, the sickness, what's happening, my wants, my wants, my wants. Uh, you don't need to talk about those things. They are not they're defined. Let every word that proceeds from your mouth be seasoned with salt. Good to, for the edifying of the one who is sharing. And everything that you do, both in word and in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you can't add Jesus' name to it, then don't say it. Don't say it. 
My thinking is, those negative thoughts, you can't stop them. As you hear from the world, as they give you input from different areas, to put you down. And those thoughts will come. Those feelings will come. But if you don't speak it, then that thing didn't come out. You didn't give birth to it. You can be pregnant with it, but you don't have to give birth to it. It can be aborted. Spiritually. So we don't have to do that. And then number eight, uh, selfishness. That's a clear sign. Selfishness. Have you ever given a candy to a kid? And then you ask, please, I mean, real little child, then ask for half of the candy that you gave to the kid. Guess what they do? They put it in their bag. You think, I have a bag of this bag there. I can give you the whole bag. But they're not going to give you back that candy. They say, it's mine. That's one candy? That's all you want? But that's what children do. It's a child. And we see that among Christians. It's selfishness. God gave them all, but that little part that they could give back to God, nah. They're not giving it back to him. You're still a child. You're still a child. These things are very important to God. And God cannot work with children. God just doesn't work with children. You are exhibiting signs of being a child. And this thing is very deadly. Uh, When you're dealing with God and we're dealing with your fellow man, selfishness is is terrible. You're just being a child. You're not grown up. They're not a grown-up. And then lastly, the children love to play. They just love to play. What that means is they don't want to commit to anything serious. And you see that in the church as well. Nobody's going to commit to something serious. It's funny how things are Sometimes I joke about this, but that's, you know, that's what is happening. If it's, if it's, let's come together and have a time to pray. Watch the number of people who show up. But when it comes to, let's come together, bring some food, and let's have some kind of, and watch the number of people. I'm being very frank with you. Sometimes I'm wondering what, what God really thinks about this. Do we really take enough time to sow seed for our spiritual growth? You know what Jesus said in John chapter 6? He said, you're looking for me because you ate bread. You're looking for me because you ate food. He said, don't labor for the food that perishes. But labor for the food that will take you into, into eternal life. So the, when we call for things that would build people up spiritually so that they become mature, they pull back. They have all kinds of reasons why uh, they can't go. And they think it's a, legit, it's, it's a legitimate excuse to give. But if you read the story of the one who had uh, uh, the supper, or the, the, the uh, banquet he was holding for maybe his son, and they were inviting people to come, 
they had all, all of them had good reasons, but he was angry. He said, none of them will taste of all this stuff. Go to the streets and bring them in. We have to really understand some of these things. What God's looking for is maturity. We need to grow and mature. You have to invest in these things. If you don't eat, you won't grow. And if all you eat is ice cream, then we're not not kidding. (laughs) That's not going to work. We have to be willing to eat. We have to be willing to grow. If you want to be strong, we even have to see you exercise, right? That's everything physical. Why don't you exercise with the Word of God? And practice it and see how you can grow in it. If you don't practice, no matter what you've learned, it's not going to work. I've got to have a room for practice. So this is what's happening in the church today. And people, they are not getting to know God the way he wants to be known by his children. Because they are not willing to put that time in. Hear what Jesus had to say, the commitments. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus was talking, actually talking about the Sanhedrin and the leaders of the land. He, he said this, he says, uh, the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation? And what are they like? This is Jesus asking the question. I want to let you know how God sees the men of this generation. I don't want to be among those group, that group. Look at what it says. They are like children. They are like children. Sitting in the marketplace while they are... Parents are busy with business and they're playing. They're playing. Calling to one another saying, we played the flute for you. And you did not dance. I want to see you all dance. (laughs) And it says, we mourned to you and you did not weep. So basically, no matter what we do to help you grow, you're not going to take, you're not going to use it. You just blow it off. That's what Jesus is saying. They are like children. We have to have that desire to grow. God, use me somehow. Use me to bring a soul back to you. Use me to teach the children. I'm going to say a little bit because I'm not coming back to this. It's very, very important. Use me somehow. You can't stay and do nothing in the house of God. You have to learn and then grow so you can do something in the house of God. You have to take that time. You have to pray. You have to do what he's called us to do. Otherwise, you're just going to church. And God will not bother with you because he respects your will. But there's going to be a day of accountability. We're all going to stand before him to give account of the things that we have done with his name. So powerful name that he's given to us. What did you do with it? You got all this talent, that's his name, but you did nothing with it. You buried it and did nothing with it. There's a day coming that God's going to require these things from us. And, and just this group that we have here, if we catch 
If we are set on fire today, guess what? The whole church before long is going to be. When they see the passion in your life, they will follow. Like children. So God, God wants you to grow. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2, verse 2 and 3, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. So a baby will need milk. What's God saying? You must grow. Once you become saved, you need to grow. As newborn babes desire, you should desire it. Not God desiring it for you. You must desire it. And the way it is, once you taste it, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You want more. But you have to go out there and taste. Pure milk of the world that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, God is good. If indeed you have tasted, if you have, then you should be going forward. You should be studying the scriptures to grow. You shouldn't let that go. He must always, and if you're not doing it, it should bother you. And if it's not bothering you, you may be dying. Because dead people don't respond very well. (laughs) They don't respond at all. Amen. So, if you're not responding at all, when you're dying, you don't respond very much. It's a clear sign you're dying. Food don't taste good, you don't want to eat. What you used to cry for, I wish I, they bring it to you, dead, somebody who's dying, he looks at it, he turns the other way. Doesn't want it. That's a clear sign something is really wrong. But in the church, spiritually, we don't see it as anything. We just say, well, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to church today. Feeling to go to church? You have to go, your feeling has nothing to do with it. It's commitment. Children don't commit to anything. They want to commit to things that it brings fun, 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 fun. But if it's a serious thing, they don't want to commit to it. It's too painful uh, to commit to that kind of stuff. <laughs> Going to bed as early so that they can wake up early, that's a trouble for a kid. Yeah? They want to stay up late and then wake up real late the following day. That's a child. No responsibility. The second thing God wants us to do, and, and I just came to me, God wants you to be a teacher in the house of God. Did you know that? God wants you to be a teacher in the house of God. That's, I translate that to be a leader in his house. He wants that. That's his ultimate goal. And I'm going to close there tonight. And I'm going to show you this scripture here in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning from verse 12. For though... By this time, by this time, you ought to be teachers. God said, how long is it going to take me to get you to the place where you should be, notice not teacher, teachers. 
All of you. By this time, you should be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principle of the oracle of God. Oracle of God means the truth of the gospel. You know, the, the first principle to teach you, the first principle, you know, there is what I call gospel milk. And then there is gospel meat. Okay? You can't stay drinking milk all your life. You won't grow very much. And that's what he's saying here. For though by this time, you ought to be a teacher. So I'm thinking, what's happening to me? When, when will I become a teacher in the house of God? Have you even considered that God expects you to be a teacher in his house? That God expects you, he's not just talking to some Christians, he's talking to the whole church. At least some in the church that have been there for some time. He's expecting to be a teacher. The class we are teaching, first things first, I'm hoping that those people will rise up and be Sunday school teachers in our class. Or having self group in their homes and teaching people. You need to desire that. Have a Bible study in your home. How long will it take you? You are 30 years old as a Christian. You can't just teach a Bible study. You can't try to get people on your own and teach them. When we, Angela, Angela and I moved into Houston here, we were living in uh, Eastern Commons. And we went from door to door. And we, had, we uh, asked the, the uh, people that owned the apartment or in the office there if they would allow us to use their office. Uh, and they gave it to us. We had people that we were teaching. And one of my friends who was coming then, he saw that the people were responding. And he says, we're going to start a church. I told him, God didn't call me to be a pastor. We're not doing that. Because he, he said God had called him to be a pastor and he had struggled where he was and I invited him, Angela and I invited him to help us to, to reach out to And we went door to door and then the people started responding and when he saw that, he was determined to turn that thing into a church. I said, look, uh, fellow, uh, I'm a member of the worship center. That's my church. Here, we are not having a church. All I want is Bible study. Angela, he started acting like the pastor and taking over. Angela says, what's wrong with this man? <laughs> These ladies can see things even before you see it. Angela says, there's something wrong. He won't let you speak anymore. He's taking over. What's going on? I said, I don't really care. As long as he can minister to them, I'm fine. But once he mentioned starting a church, I told him he never, it's never going to happen. But the point I'm making is, you need to start trying to reach people. I don't know God's mind. But God has graduated Angel and I from having that little Bible study to where we are today. Because that's what I want. I'm not just, there was a time I needed to be taught. And still need to be taught. But this time, I'm listening for meat. Go back to the scriptures. Not the fundamentals. 
Not, you know, something moved in my house and then somebody... There was a time I was afraid demons came into the home and moved uh, something in my home and I'd be yelling, wow, did you see that something moved? Now, if the Satan moves it or makes uh, a noise in the place, oh, that's the noise you make. I can do better than that. <laughs> if that's the noise you want to make, I, I have no fear of it. Not, no fear of Satan. I don't like talking about him. He's of no consequence. I want to talk more about Jesus, not what the devil is doing. He's doing nothing, but he's in trouble. He knows it. He has a short time. He knows he's in trouble. And he's very worried, and I'm not going to add to his worries. I have my own things to take care of. I don't bother with him. We have to deal with Christ. But look what he says here. False principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. I didn't know that you can be eating meat and then you quit. And then now all you want is milk. He says, for everyone who partakes only of milk, it's unskilled in the word of righteousness. So the milk is talking about the word of righteousness. In other words, we need to grow. For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's what it takes. You have to really go after it. I don't know how many years I I went, you know, studying scriptures on healing for so long, but I I had no understanding. I also studied scriptures on how to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. It took a while. And then all of a sudden I got the understanding what to do and the fear of praying with people, that was gone. It was no big deal for me anymore. And the gifts of the Spirit. I bought books and studied. Get the books and study. Don't just read one verse for your devotion. And then stop there. That's for babies. I don't use devotional. If I use a devotional, it's just I take the verse and you study. Study to show yourself approved. That's a commandment. Stand up with me tonight. 